This nation was established on two concepts, the first being able to worship before our God openly, the second being freedom of speech. Men and women paid with their lives for this freedom. As we live our lives, what do we do? We party away our existence. While pharmaceutical companies and government control us with mind-altering substances, leaving us in a broken state of social anxiety, depression, and suicide. Feeling like we're not heard. Ultimately ending up as a pawn behind bars. This nation is falling apart because the church stopped being the church. We need to return to our first love. We need to lift up Jesus. There's only one way to fix this. Honoring God. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Indeed and In Truth Ministries podcast series. I'm Logan. I'm Amber. And we are back. And this week, again, we are going to talk about honoring God and bearing fruit. But this is going to be part two. So part two. Say it with me. Say part two. Part two. Part two. Why are we Part doing two. this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because I made a big deal about not continuing to try to teach on this. But there was some stuff yeah, that did. there was some stuff that we talked about and things like that. I think maybe a little bit of explanation, a little bit of expounding on might be a good well, thing. Well it's a good it is a really good topic, I think. I think a lot of people um they know what the fruits are, but they don't know how to exercise them in the way that they Right. I, I think I I don't think it's just that I'm guilty though. too. Yeah, I was about to say I don't think it's just that, but you know, we we, uh, you know, we're so used to doing things the world's way when we first get saved and stuff like that, and we don't really know how to do it any other way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, you know, we really just don't know. Um, we just really don't know what to do with it anymore. So anyways, before we do that, you know, if you guys got praise reports, prayer requests, anything like that, you know, we want you guys to reach out to us. You guys or can... if you wanted to share your testimony on how, what God has done for you, even if it's just a short little testimony, I mean, I've. I've thought about sharing some myself, like just little things here and there about how um, God has done different things. Like the time that I um, was internally bleeding for five years and didn't know what was going on. And God had completely sustained my body so that the the doctors and stuff could fix it. And I mean, I should have probably been dead, but God sustained me. And, you know, those little short testimonies, I love hearing stuff like that because I love to see what God has done for other people because then it stirs my faith up saying, God, you know what? If you can do it for them, you can do it for me. You can do it for my friend down the road. You can do it for anybody. So I want to hear that stuff. Like, seriously, just reach out. Yeah. And don't be afraid. Like I said, nothing's too big. Nothing's too little. And if there's anything necessarily you guys don't want us to share openly, but maybe you just want to inform us about, or you, maybe you want to share it and you don't really want your name attached to it. Those kinds of things, you know, we're all about maintaining privacy. Um, you know, so we would never expose things about people or around people or anything like that unless they wanted us to. Um, so real fast, like I said, you know, if you guys want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us at our email. It's in the description below. Um, and also, uh, that's indeed in truth ministries at gmail.com. You can also reach out onto us at Facebook. I got myself all tongue tied. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks it's weird because we don't take out all these edits and stuff like that, but that's what part of makes it. That's what part of making it fun. See, I did it again. So that's part of what makes <laughs> it fun. And so. Uh, it makes it enjoyable and, you know, and, and people are kind of like, oh, wow, you know, so it just, it, it reminds people we're human, you know, everybody's all about polishing. And up you their... can make fun of us throughout it. I mean, yeah. So if you guys want to <laughs> laugh at us, at least if you listen to us for anything, you can let, you know, to laugh at us. So, um, you also can reach out to us at our Facebook at Indeed and Truth. We typically respond or respond instantly. See, See look, she's doing go. it too. So we I spy. no longer feel, yeah, as I was saying, I no longer feel, uh, I no longer feel left out. No, we're not spying on anybody. No. We're not the government. 
So anyways, <laughs> um, oh my goodness, just in case they're listening, but anyways, um, so yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about bearing fruit. Um, some things that we're looking at, uh, I want to re- release this week and, you know, like I said, we're trying to get better. I don't really want to go too far ahead in recording this year just because I think it would be kind of nice to stay more relevant on our topics. Uh, we might record ahead if we need to. I think we've got vacation coming up in the summertime, so we might record a week ahead just to, just to kind of cover that up so we can enjoy that time. But while I'm thinking about it, um, you know, we're actually looking at potentially launching into hosting a Facebook Live maybe once a week, once every couple of weeks or something like that. I don't really know what the schedule looks like yet, but we're talking about it, and we're talking about, you know, maybe me and Amber will kind of flip back and forth and preaching and handle things and stuff like that, but it's going to be more of a preaching environment um you know i just wanted to kind of throw the idea out there for the people who do listen to us on a regular just kind of doing kind of like what we do here in a way just kind of yes and no because when i'm talking about a preaching environment i'm talking about one of us is going to stand behind our makeshift pulpit and we're going to let the camera have it (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what we're going to do um it's not necessarily going to be like what we're doing here um and me and her was talking a little bit about that, and apparently I didn't communicate that very well. But no, so it's going to be a God shows up and delivers a word kind of thing, and we're just going to really start to expand into some of those things because um, we're actually looking into writing a few conferences and stuff like that for this year that we want to take and we want to share with people. And, and so there's just things we want to grow into this year that for both of us is kind of new and uncharted territory we've never done anything like that before even you know just serving or anything like that you know so uh god's growing us for sure but anyways um amber do you want to read galatians five twenty two through 23 uh, let me do you need me i got it right here if you yeah go ahead okay so we're going to talk about this but we're going to talk about really we're going to talk about this from a standpoint that uh, we're going to identify what the fruit of the Spirit are here in Galatians 5.22, but we're also going to talk a little bit about and uh, some experiences me and Amber have had to make these things a little more relatable because I think some people, they see these things and they're thinking, oh, well, I don't have this fruit or this fruit, or you know, they think, oh, well, only God is going to you know, um, get fruit out of my life that he feels is necessary and all that kind of mess. Look, a fruit of the Spirit is evidence that Jesus is in your life. And that's what he said. He said, you'll know them by their fruit. So we understand that if we want to be known by our fruit, then we have to make sure that these types of things are relevant and active in our life, because if they're not, then Jesus said we would know them. So, you know, he also actually he described that, I believe, with a fig tree and said it couldn't give forth certain types of fruits and stuff like that, if I'm not mistaken. I can't think of what is off the top of my head. But anyways... You know, so we just want to talk about this really all nine of these, um, you know, without making a nine week teaching out of it, which is the joke I made last week, without making a nine week teaching out of it. We just want to talk about it a little bit and just kind of share our experiences and and some of the places that we've really had to exercise these things, um, you know, because the the only part of the, the spiritual things that is ours according to the word and with our righteousness and right standing being renewed with God. Uh, through Jesus's salvation, you know, Jesus's work on the cross and salvation entering into our lives is the fruit, or not the fruit of the Spirit, I'm sorry, but the gifts of the Spirit. Because the Bible tells us that the gifts of the Spirit are divided several, however he, however the Spirit wills. So we understand in that aspect that the Holy Ghost can choose to move us in any gifts that he chooses to use us for. Um, you know, I've been studying a lot about being a vessel that's meat for the Master's use. You know, purging ourselves. That was 2 Timothy 2.21, I want to say. 
Um, uh, and it was talking about purging yourself. And if you, if a man would purge himself of these things, you know, he would be able to step in, uh, and he'd be a, a vessel meet for the master's use. Um, and so let's just hit these real quick. <clears throat> so we're going to start in verse 22, uh, Galatians five, verse 22 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. So, Amber, could you give me an example of a time, maybe, we'll just start right at the top, just, you know, an example of a time where you've really had to, you've noticed, not necessarily that you chose to love me or, you know, love the kids or something like that, but you've exercised as a spiritual fruit love towards somebody. There's many times I've had to share love in a lot of situations, but it's not really a hard um, thing for me, I guess. It kind of comes naturally, but I'm a very loving person anyways. Okay, so just just what's a what's you know an incident where you've had to show it, or you've noticed that you exercised like maybe it, maybe like you you noticed oh wow I wouldn't have done this before you know what I mean I showed love in this situation where I wouldn't have done that before maybe something like that. Um, I honestly can't think of one that I've really just like stuck out to me. Okay. Um. Then uh, I guess for me a situation would be having to. I have relatives, certain relatives and stuff like that, that really just grind my gears um, without having to make a family guy reference. But they do. They just drive me absolutely crazy. And so there's been a couple of times where they've done things um, that just like really would have rubbed me the wrong way any other time. Uh, but I noticed I was more compassionate towards them because I noticed that they were doing it out of a place of ignorance versus... Um, Versus doing it to upset me. They weren't doing it to be hateful. They were just doing it out of a place of ignorance. So that's that's a situation for me. So maybe people are struggling with dealing with that or something, you know. Um, and and, and that, that, you know, could be something that God's trying to work on you with. Uh, Amber, what's, what's something where you've noticed joy as a fruit in your life? Well, honestly, that one's... I, I was never a happy person. So just in general... Since I've started serving God, I've um, learned that it's a choice whether or not you want to be happy or not. So I've learned to literally put my happiness in what God has given me and what God does for me and within me instead of um, the whole woe is me, the world's falling apart um, attitude that I had before because I was a very... Uh, dark <laughs> individual right before we came to christ i was very depressed i was very suicidal i didn't want to live i many many times tried to take my life so joy for me um is a huge thing that god has given me and it it's definitely something that i had to work on within myself because it didn't come like within a snap of a finger you know it came years of work i had to put in that work you know this one for me is kind of a struggle i I wouldn't say really necessarily a struggle because like i've always been one of two ways i've either been really mad or i've been really happy i only had two emotions and i still exercise some of those same two emotions i'm either one way or another most people would call that bipolar disorder okay so i'm <laughs> one way or another um and so joy like i remember the first time that uh, I think I ever really experienced that being a fruit in my life 
and I was working at a uh, industrial cleaning company at the time. I won't say the name just for the sake of you know if you've worked there, then you know how crappy the place really was. But I I was there, and I remember a situation where I was like just kind of singing, doing my own thing and stuff like that. And it was like this. You ever get those cold chills and you start shaking or whatever, trying to get it off of you? You know what I'm talking about? It's like a shiver down your spine kind of moment. Yeah. Okay. So that would happen and I'd start yelling. I just would. I'd just start yelling. And I everywhere I would go, I only did it when I was working and when I was by myself. But like I just, I was like, I couldn't shake it. I couldn't stop. And then the first time I actually slipped up and did it in front of somebody, they were staring at me all funny. And I mean, really what it was, I was just excited. I've been thinking and meditating about stuff God was doing. And, you know, at the time, at that time, I was still really fresh in salvation and stuff like that. So I didn't. I didn't really understand or know any different or anything like that. So I would just get thinking about stuff or I'd be thinking about, you know, like back then I'd pray with somebody and, you know, God would move on them or something like that. And I just get super excited about it. I didn't know how to process it. So like, I just, I I think I'd just get thinking about it and that would happen. So I noticed that that was a fruit. Now it's, um, Amber can attest to it and my kids do the exact same thing, but while I'm walking around singing at the top of my lungs, so now I don't necessarily scream anymore. Yeah, I just walk around. I'm just super loud all the time, and I'm in doing worship and stuff like that. Um, what about a time uh, where you've experienced peace manifest? Um, honestly, that was that probably would have been back when our oldest daughter was born. Um, there was just a lot going on there was I was still struggling with a lot of mental health and issues in that area and I wasn't sure how to quite process everything but um when there was a time that we had went without food and we had went without um some of the personal needs that we had like uh there was one time we couldn't pay our electric there was times that and I began to just pray about these things because I wasn't sure what else to do. We didn't have the money for it. We didn't have the funds. We were going without food so that the kids could eat, you know. So I I was very bent because, you know, everybody talks about, oh, you know, when you get saved, you just live in the blessing. And we weren't living in the blessing at that time. <laughs> no. We were struggling. <laughs> so I I would get really frustrated and I would get really discouraged and I would get really stressed out. But then when I noticed that every single time I would pray about it, God would just, it would just get, come to us like almost immediately within the next 24 hours. Like, and I have to remind myself that even to this day, even today, if we're going to throw all that out there, even today, I had to remind myself of that because there was a time that we had racked our electric bill up to like almost $800 and we were about to get shut off. And within 24 hours, God had already paid that the church paid half of it and then our grand my grandparents had paid the other half of it and we were just i mean you know and and there was a time that we were out of like i said we were out of groceries and um we were having to go without food and there was a woman who came who drove two hours to bring us food because she said god had told her to bring us food and it was just it was just crazy it was a time that our kids didn't have clothes and they were out growing their clothes and they were getting really tight on them and i was like god you know i we don't have the money to get clothes and somebody had just brought in a great big trash bag full of clothes we never had to buy our kids clothes no i can't honestly god we've usually um we don't buy the kids really anything in that aspect unless we want to um 
because God because always provides there's always it. provision for, it. and it's not even you know people just want to bless them and stuff like that, which is great. We keep blessing them, right? That saves me some money, so I'm I'm all right with that. I am but, uh, not that's, against that. That's where you know that's when I noticed peace coming in my life was when I noticed that all I had to do was pray. All I had to do was pray. And any moment that I am stressed out and I am discouraged or I'm feeling like I'm defeated or I'm feeling like I'm at my lowest point in life, all I have to do is pray and peace will come. Because what's the Bible say about um, he's our comforter? I I listened to this one um, pastor one time. He was talking about how um, God is our blanket of comfort, our blanket of peace. And when we pray for peace, he just wraps that blanket around us. And I just, it, it gave me such a great visual of what God does when we are stressed out like that. And we call out to him. It just, it just amazes me. So, so you recognize peace being a fruit in your life as the provision of God became more, you became more aware of the provision of God. As I, yeah, became more aware before and, and not just that, but as I began to ask, because you have not, because you ask not. Well, the reason I ask is because um, it's just like when you're when you're functioning in prophetic gifts or you're functioning in um, words of wisdom and knowledge and stuff like that, and you're moving in that kind of stuff. You know, it could be happening more regularly than you even realize. You know, and you're just kind of throwing it out there and doing whatever, but you don't realize it because you're not aware of it yet. And so that would definitely be a, a situation. I was thinking of some of those same things as you was talking about that because that's really kind of the both of us right there because, yeah. you know, that was the two of us. Now, I went and worked every day, you know, so, I mean, necessarily at home, I wasn't really worried about because I come home and I slept. Amber usually had that stuff taken care of, so I didn't find out until after the fact. But back then, I was seeing, like, 380 bucks on a paycheck every week. Yeah, we were you living. You know, and that was what I was considering to be a good paycheck. Yeah, I was about to say, we were definitely living paycheck to paycheck and sometimes not even oh, God, the it paycheck. Even it was, form, like, yeah. paycheck to five days before next paycheck. So yeah, it, was it wasn't just, even that far. It was definitely But rough. it was also, so like just this next one right here, long-suffering is another fruit, and that's a great example of that because I can't think about how many times, yeah. you know, we would sit and we would wait and wait and wait and wait. And I mean, well, that's like we the, had moments that's where... That's like what I was talking about in the beginning, long-suffering with, you know, I dealt with some serious health issues for like five years because of my, everything just being... A mess, and I, I didn't know what was going on. I was so sick all the time. I sat for what almost five years and ended up gaining a bunch of weight because of it because I felt sick and I didn't know what was wrong. The doctors didn't know what was wrong, nobody could figure out what was going on. Like, so we went and um, I, I, I finally went to the doc. This one doctor, she sent me to a surgeon because I was losing blood is what was happening. And they had found out that it was getting lower and lower and lower. And my, the anemia levels were like really bad. They were talking about blood transfusion and all kinds of craziness. And I'm like, God, I don't want to go through that. If, if I have to go through anything, I'd rather you just figure out what it is. Tell me, you know, give me a name so that it has to bow. So we go to the surgeon and he can't even figure out what it is. He goes and does all these testings and stuff. And he's like, you know what? He said, will you just let me go in? And he said, I'm almost positive it's a hernia. He said, I'm almost positive it's a hernia. So he goes in, he does this exploratory surgery. It's not even set up for a hernia. It's exploratory surgery. He knew it was a hernia the whole time. But he gets in there. My intestines are completely free-flowing at the top of my stomach where they're not even supposed to be at. And he had to put everything back down inside of where they were supposed to go and then sew it all shut. 
and he when he, when I came to, he told me he said, "I don't know how you didn't have any dead intestines. I don't know how I didn't have to cut anything off. I don't know how he's." And I'm sitting there thinking, "I know how," like you know. So it just it amazed me, and that for me that was definitely long suffering because I had went through five years of non-stop stomach problems, like, and they had done. Almost every year, two or three times a year, they were doing endoscopes. They were doing um, colonoscopies. They were they were just they kept going in and looking, and they could not find nothing. They had done ultrasounds. They have done um, cat scans. So, it so was you're just talking cra- about long suffering from a stance that you've waited on God, absolutely, and it has produced fruit because of that, absolutely. Because in this scripture, long suffering, they're talking like this is this scripture is talking more about what I deal with. Mm-hmm. But I like that she brought light to that because what I deal with is having to deal with other people, yeah, and being patient with people. Because sometimes, like I'm staring at them, like, look, I know we can get on the other side of this if you would just stop doing this one thing that is going to make me hit you in the head with a board. <laughs> well, see, growing up with Selena. Yeah, being mentally handicapped. See, and, and even and and honest to God, I really truly believe that um, the more time I've spent around Selena, I've I've grown to be <laughs> more patient, more patient with her. Now that's not everybody. I still She's deal with that with other people. Difficult individual but, sometimes. Um, for those of you who don't know who her sister is, her sister has mentally handicapped disability. So she just, she does things a certain way and she's behind, like her body's 30 some years old, but she's only like 15 in in her mind. So Mm, probably younger than that. And she repeats herself a lot. Like she will sit and repeat herself and repeat herself and it gets very old, very fast. And she'll actually do it until you respond to her. It's, she has a, um, just a list of different problems. So, um, but no, I was thinking about long suffering because really for me, like long suffering and gentleness, she is somebody that I noticed. See, when I first met her, I used to get really frustrated with her because I just didn't, I just, I used to want to go into clinical psychology until I met Selena and then decided <laughs> I did not want to do that. Because for you who don't know, clinical psychology is dealing with people with mental illness and stuff like that, like that. I'm not talking about people who think they've got mental illnesses. I'm talking about people who legitimately have learning disabilities, you know, retardation, those types of things. Like, I wanted to work with people like that until I got around the first one. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I cannot handle this. Um, And so she, for me has been a huge lesson in learning how to be patient with people and learning how to be gentle with her and stuff like that. Because even though I have to be firm with her sometimes, and even though I do have to kind of come around and correct and stuff like that, she's just, I noticed that as, as salvation and as I matured, you know what I mean? Before salvation, I would just, you know, I just, whatever, you know, Selena, shut up, leave me alone. Um, but after salvation, I started noticing more and more and more. Now I'm not ever going to say I'll ever be able to commit to taking care of the poor girl because I don't think I could do it, but she has definitely taught me a few things and has, uh, definitely steered me in a direction that got what we talked about it last week. Does God give you these things or does he make opportunities for you to exercise these things? And that has definitely for me been an opportunity to exercise, um, long suffering and being gentle and, and trying to, um, 
not necessarily and temperance you know what temperance could even go into that too self-control because uh there's been times in the past or even just dealing with family family seems to be the worst because family always knows how to push your buttons you know you get saved and some family members may not be saved and they always know how to push your buttons because they know who you were and they don't understand that you're a new creation they don't understand you know you're trying to walk out this new life and stuff like that they don't understand those things so they're doing everything they can to catch you and to mess you up and to trip you up and doing something so i I didn't mean to tie all three of those, but really, like I, you said, Selena, and those are the first three things I thought about, like, because all three of those things I noticed became fruit in my life, and, and I'm working on them with other people. I try not to get – I can handle other people who are like that way better now. You know, I've, I've really learned a few lessons about how to do that and how to handle them, and I, and I try to, you know, even when we're in a nursing home and you're dealing with older people and stuff See, like that. See, I, I worked with people like that in school because uh, – what they used to do in our school is if you were a um, troubled teen, they would typically stick you with the people like that because they would have they would make you work with them. And I'm telling you, that probably worked for me better than anything because I was able to teach them. And I felt like I was being helpful in a way, even though I was a troubled teen. I was in trouble all the time. See? I felt like I was being helpful you just tackle goodness right there because the biblical definition of that is is generosity giving of yourself you know we talked me and you talked about earlier god likes a cheerful giver you yeah. know and so we know that our generosity towards god right we would expect to do that right because oh right. i'm a christian i'm supposed to pay tithes and give offerings and stuff like that but how about when we go out and we do things for other people now we are not going to expose to anyone on this podcast the things that me and amber do that have most definitely shown that generosity is a fruit in our lives because the Bible also warns us about not letting our left hand know what our right hand is doing and not to do our alms and give them before men. Right. Because we have a responsibility to protect those things and we only do those things or get involved in those things when God directs us to do so. So outside of that, so we're not going to get into that, but I promise you that is one. Uh, and it sucks because we was talking about giving examples and that's one I really don't want to I was just kind well, of looking at definitions that, and stuff. But there's and, also times that people have asked us, like, hey, would you mind running me to the hospital and just being with me? Mm -hmm. Or um, I don't know how many times my family. You've, I was going to say, you've asked your family to do my that because I don't do well in hospitals. I yeah. get frustrated with the doctors and want to hurt them. <laughs> I, I mean, but there's times, I mean, even my sister Selena, the time mm -hmm. that she had those really bad seizures and they were back to back like that, they had asked me to come up there and they'd just sit with her and pray with her and stuff because she was – she was in an active seizure where she couldn't come out, but she could sign. So she she kept saying, mom, mom, in sign language. So she just kept telling the doctor she wanted mom. But I just, I sat there and I just continued to pray with her and stuff in the hospital. So I think for me, that was definitely showing goodness because I had taken time to go do that. Have but yourself, also, right? Logan had to take time to take all of our children so that I could do that. So... And I know what you guys are automatically saying as soon as she heard, as soon as she said that, and you heard that. Oh well, those are his kids. He should step up. And let me be clear: I step up and do plenty. Um, the other side of that is, is my wife steps up and does plenty. But there are times where things like that can happen, and it is quite taxing on both of us to get it done because one or the other has something they're already doing or has going on. Well, at that time, you were still in college, so it was very hard for you to. Yeah, college was <laughs> that was fun. Evenings uh, were uh, a little tied up for you. So I yeah, mean, for yeah. you, that was definitely stretching yourself. 
But we we did we did well. Plus, I just told kids to shut up, sit down, not move. <laughs> and I mean, they did. Sit down, watch. You TV. know, yeah, sit down, watch TV. I'm I'm busy because they they knew though. They knew how important that was to for me to get that schoolwork done. Plus, I'm, I'm anybody who knows me knows that I'm an overachiever and I I work hard for anything. I like to be excellent in what I do. But anyways, um, faith. I honestly, Jesus, Jesus told the disciples. He said, "Freely I've given." Freely it's been given to you, freely give. He go, they go, they preach to all these people, people get saved, they're casting devils out, they come back, they say, Master, even the devils tremble at your name. When we, you know, and, and the power you've given us. And and I'm paraphrasing here, but he says, Don't be excited that they were left or that they left. He said, Be excited that your name's written in the book of life. And so for me, the first time that I prayed for somebody and I watched them get slayed in the spirit. And for those of you who don't know, that's for like when people fall down on prayer lines and stuff like that. And then I thought I was excited then. Right. Cause you know, I thought like, Oh wow. Like I'm in this whole new place. I've never done that before. I've never done that before. And then I came home and I laid every one of you guys out here on the floor when I was in here praying that one. Actually we've had that happen a few times, but for me, that was when I realized faith active in my life. You know what I mean? Because active faith produces results. And so that's when I realized um, that that was seriously a fruit for me because, you know, it wasn't one thing for me to to sit back and say, oh, I know God can provide. I know God can, you know, because when I stopped feeling like God's providing anything, Amber's always quick to come in and smack me around and yell at me and tell me, go, God will provide. And then if she's off, then I'm on. Like, so we've had those moments where we've had to kind of cover each other in that. But that was for me, you know, because I think about um, functioning, uh, and I was telling you about this earlier, um, you know, that not having enticing words with man's wisdom, but exercising, uh, you know, demonstrating power in the spirit. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm big for that. I feel like my faith was functioning and active when manifestations, God was using me and manifestations were taking place and I was watching people get touched. For me, that that was a moment that was like, you know, not necessarily that I've arrived, but, you know, I just I felt like that was active in my life. So what do you what do you got? Um, I guess the biggest one for faith for me. Would just. um, About when Amory is born. Yeah, because God had spoke to me because I well, many of you don't know, but before Amory. I had had a miscarriage and I was terrified because I had found out a month later or two months later after the miscarriage that I was pregnant again. And I was terrified because I was like, okay, I had just lost this baby and then I'm pregnant again. And I'm like, I was in the car, I was going to see my friend and, um, God had spoke to me and he said, you're going to have some complications, but I want you to know that I'm with you through everything. And immediately I had peace and it was, it was crazy. Cause it was like, it was honestly the best pregnancy I've ever had. It was perfect. I had no problems whatsoever. I, I was, I was energized. I ate healthy. I, I drank plenty of water. I even stayed on my prenatal vitamins. I did everything I knew I was supposed to do. I prayed over my belly. I, you know, I, I just, it was honestly the perfect pregnancy. If I had to have another pregnancy, I'd want one just like it, except for the ending. 
that was, <laughs> but when they, when I went to my 35 week checkup, they had told me that my blood pressure was really, really high. I wasn't having any complications, but it was like 209 over 136 or something like that, which is extremely high. I told you, I said, they're going to keep you, and you're just staring at me because <laughs> you didn't think they was going to. Well, yeah, because they were talking about having to send me to OSU because at this point I'm considered a month early. We can't disclose. We can't talk about how they kept you in the hospital. <laughs> you right. Might, you might get but somebody in trouble. I'm Don't saying say that they part. were, <laughs> they were talking about, you know, wanting to transfer me and they, and they, but they, thankfully they didn't. I was able to stay with my doctor who has delivered all of my children. But in that, when they started the magnesium, I had never, they had never done that before. Um, they ended up starting that to get my blood pressure down. Um, and it had caused me to stay in labor for, 36 hours yeah 36 hours um and in that it was i was about to say that was probably the worst 36 hours of my life but thankfully i was able to sleep most of it i don't know how there so (laughs) you're ridiculous but thankfully i don't know how but i was able to sleep through all of it but in that we had such a thick presence of god in that delivery room it was just we would have i want to tell this part i want to tell this part. okay so we would have this is no joke we would have nurses from all over that unit literally sneak into our room not just the nurses though there was those uh, the anesthesiologists the and anesthesi- the guys for the yeah, ivs they and stuff they kept times. coming in they would come in the room and they literally would hide behind our curtain and just sit there and just, just, just to sit there. Like they did, they didn't even talk to us. They just be like, we're just going to stand in here for a few minutes. Is that okay? And they're like, you know, Amber's like, yeah, you're fine. You know? And we're like, yeah, no big deal. But like she said, I mean, it was thick and they, it was so thick that they would, you would walk out of that room and you could feel the atmosphere shift. Like you'd be like, if you've ever just been in a hospital, it's like, you know, hustle bustle, they're doing work and, you know, they're trying to keep people alive. Um, and you walked in that room, it was like the world stood still. And I cannot think of how many times that them girls would come in there and, and not just that, but they would just want to come in and talk to Amber and talk to, well, they talked to me a little bit. They didn't quite talk to me as much as they talked to her, but I, I mean, it was just, it was just something. Well, God had told me he was going to be with me through it all. So I believe, I honestly wholeheartedly believe he was in that room and he was, that was how I was able to rest. That was how I wasn't in as much pain. Man, we ministered to worship leaders. We did. There was a lady in there was a worship leader mm-hmm. for a church. Other lady in there was backslidden. Yep. Uh, we ministered to her. There was a few other people weren't even saved, but they couldn't believe. Uh, you know, I mean, man, that was just supernatural all the way around. It it really it was. was. Well, then when the one the NICU doctor from OSU had came in there. And he, he, and at this point we're getting ready to push. It's almost time for her to come. You know, he comes in and he's, he's talking about how, um, her lungs aren't fully developed and how they, they're going to have to take her to the hospital at OSU. And I was going to have to stay here at this hospital. And it was like almost two hours away and, uh, and I was going to have to stay for three days. So I wasn't even able to see my baby for three days. And I immediately fell apart and I told them, I said, I'm not pushing. I'm not pushing. She ain't coming. I'm done. This is done. And I started to freak out a little bit. I'm not even 
close to <laughs> exaggerating there. But my doctor, she come in, and thankfully my doctor's a Christian woman. She come in, and she put her hand on my leg, and she said, I've seen your baby's lungs. I've seen your baby's ultrasound. I've seen your baby in, you know, in the ultrasound picture. She said, I'm telling you, she's going to be healthy. She's going to be fine. So I begin, you know, doing the normal birthing process, and she comes out screaming, and that doctor, that NICU doctor, I, I, I will never forget his face. Yeah, he, his <laughs> face was priceless. I wish I, you guys ever seen that uh, meme with the Arabian dude? He's like got his hands on his hips and he's just staring at you, and he's got that scowl on his yeah. face. That was almost like what he had yep. till he and heard he's like, her well, scream. Well, I'm not needed yeah, here. <laughs> he just kind of nodded his head and he goes, "Okay." But see, here's the amazing <laughs> part about that: was the moment that I began to push. The song, Great Are You, Lord, Your Breath Fills Our Lungs, So We Pour Out Our Praise, and here comes the screaming baby, and her lungs were completely healthy. She was completely healthy. I, it, I mean, it was just, it was definitely God all the way around. So for me, I guess that would be definitely a huge... That definitely would be a a faith victory. I guess if I could say it like that. Um, and even for being a preemie, that girl was huge. And she, yeah, she still was, is. Yeah, she was like, what, a month earlier or something like that? Yeah, she was 35 she weeks. Was, yeah, she was a tank. So, I mean, and she's She was still the earliest. Tank. I've never had a baby that early. Yeah, Most I was about to say, she's still a tank. She's still she just is. as big, if not and bigger. And she is so intelligent. For a two-year-old, I've never met a two-year-old that my can... Jeans. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here, real fast, I want to I wanna tackle meekness. And I know we're running long this time, but I really just, I did want to share some of this. I want to talk about, you know, some, some real life applications where this has been, you know, maybe you're trying to figure out whether or not these fruits are in your life. Well, you guys can relate to some of these stories and you guys can look at them and be like, oh yeah, I had a moment like that. You know what I mean? It just encourages you in your faith and stuff because, Absolutely. you know, you realize, oh man, I, okay, yeah, I've had that going on. I've had that going on. You know, you don't feel so disconnected um, because God does not want you to feel disconnected. So meekness. Um, and actually, the definition for this in my Bible talks about being courteous and considering your relationship with other people. And so this, I kind of feel like, kind of rolls into, for me, um, you know, long-suffering, being gentle with people, um, you know, gentle with God's creation just in general. Um, you know, I'm all about hunting and killing stuff for, you know, for, uh, for food and stuff like that. Not big on it for sport. I think it's kind of wasteful. I think if you're not going to make use of it, you don't need to be doing it. Um you know, but I also don't believe in being cruel and, you know, just doing mean stuff to them and things like that either. Right. So, um, but for me, meekness really kind of rolls over in that because it does really, um, and, and that's something I've been working really hard on over these last couple of years is, is considering my relationships with people, um, and trying to be open towards them. Uh, I'm very shut off from a lot of things. Um, you know, I don't, I don't process emotion like most people process emotion, um, you know, dead bodies just don't bother me. I guess if I could just say it like that, uh, it just, it just doesn't phase me and I don't, I don't process it the same way. So for me, I have to remember that some of the people around me haven't been exposed to or experienced some of the things that I have, um, or even maybe even been in some of, like you was talking about being in a really dark place and stuff like that. You know, some people haven't quite been in some of those dark places that I've been and walked and teetered on those lines. Um, you know, I actually, I just share this real quick, but, um, um, you know, I got a new value for human life. One day I was looking, I have a bag and I keep a hold of it and it's got, I believe 17, 22 shells in it and they're live rounds. 
um, but I carry it around and I keep it um, because it reminds me of 17 people I almost killed one night. Uh, they came into the house while I was sleeping and I had a loaded gun next to the bed. Um, and some people would probably laugh and think, oh, he was sleeping with a 22 next to his bed. You know, I've got bigger guns and stuff like that. Well, you've never seen the type of damage that a 22 bullet will do to something. Um, and I went out the door and, uh, you know, I really, I really walked some lines. I'll just put it that way. There was really some lines in life that I just walked. So for me, meekness, you know, learning to consider people and be considerate of people, I guess I should say, um, you know, that gave me a new appreciation for people's lives. Uh, because I can think of several occasions where I didn't care really who you were. Your life just really had no value to me. Um, and now when I try to have relationships and friendships with people, I struggle with that because, um, you know, the old man's trying to revive and be like, man, you know, you don't need these people. You know, you don't need that person or you don't need this person or, you know, whatever it is. But God's like, hey, no, you need to learn how to to be meek and you need to humble yourself and you need to learn how to deal with these people where they're at. Because ultimately, someone had to deal with me where I was at. They had to deal with me. Amber's over there making big eyes. I <laughs> uh, wish, you know what? Uh, I wish we had a camera in here and we could put these up and everybody could see the facial expressions she makes. But, you know, somebody had to deal with me, you know? Uh, and even in those darker moments and stuff like that, they still had to deal with me. So, I don't know. I, I guess for me, that's meekness kind of, it does fit into those things, but just... Um, cause I'm, I'm, I still struggle with that. Like I said, I still struggle with trying to, uh, be in relationships with people just for that reason. So I guess meekness for me was just kind of, it's just being careful of what I say to people in general. And I'm, I'm very, very careful. If anybody who knows me knows that I honestly am a very, very quiet person. And if I have something to say, normally it's pretty on point. Like I'm, and that's not bragging. I just really honestly sit and think about what I'm going to say in any type of situation. And I think that's why I stay so quiet and God's showed me that. And there was one time because I had went through a season where I wouldn't, I didn't hardly talk at all. And I, I go through those seasons and there's times where I just won't talk in general Unless I have to, like to the kids or um, to you or whatever. There's just periods where I just don't talk. And, you know, God had spoke to me one time because I just felt so lonely in that. And God had spoke to me one time and he said, consecration is lonely. But he had separated me so that he can clean me out so that I could be who I am today and be able to speak these things because I can hear him clearly because I don't allow mess in my mind. And that's because I wanted to be able to talk to people in a way that they would never feel like I'm in any type of way hurting them. Or not just that, but just being condescending towards them or anything like yeah. that. Or make, you know, I know we make jokes and stuff like that, but I need everybody to understand. You know, me and Amber never make light of anybody's situation. Absolutely not. Um, I don't care what it is. Uh, you know, um, when it comes down to the brass tacks, you know, me and Amber get into some pretty nasty and muddy areas with people just in general because we've been in nasty, muddy areas. And, you know, sometimes you got to get in there and you got to get them out. Um, that doesn't mean you need to roll around in their filth and fall back into, no. into places. And honestly, what I would encourage you to do um, if you're a person who cannot handle 
um, being around certain activities and stuff like that, but think that you can go in and pull people back out, you are mistaken. Don't do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So if anything we've really talked about today would just kind of drag on your heart um, and you've been listening to us, maybe it's your first time listening to us. Maybe, uh, you know, this is a moment where you've been listening to us, but you've been on the fence about our older calls and stuff like that. You know, I know it seems repetitive, but I want to really make sure that we stress in the forefront that, you know, we want to see people get saved. Uh, we don't know of anybody yet outside of the people in our events last year and stuff like that, but we do know that um, we are trying to reach people and we're trying to make a difference. So what I would like to encourage you guys to do with me here, um, I just want to I just want to take a minute here and I just want you guys to repeat this prayer with me. Uh, and and we're, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then I just want you to repeat this after me. And I just want you to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, today I recognize my sin. Today, I recognize the work you did on the cross. I ask for your forgiveness and to cleanse me and renew me. That I would be baptized in the Spirit. And from this day forward, I would live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have accepted Christ today, we want to know about it. And we won't share it unless you want us to. But we do want to know about it. You can reach out to us at our email or on Facebook. Um, and one more thing I would just like to encourage people. You know, if you guys have been listening to us, you know, here soon we're going to be hitting a year we've been doing these podcasts. And uh, if you guys have been listening to us and stuff, you know, I would just really like to encourage you. There are more people out there that we can't reach if people don't get involved and get engaged in what we're doing. I'm asking you guys to please, please, please share the links for the podcasts, share it with your friends and family. I'm not interested in trying to grow a fan base. I'm interested in reaching people, but we can only reach as many people as, um, you know, what's within our ability to do. I refuse to pay for sponsorships and to pay to push the gospel around on the Facebook and all that other mess. You know, this is something um, people can do this. This is, this is an easy thing. And honestly, it's a light thing that we're really asking. Um, and I really would just encourage you guys that you guys would really consider, um, sharing this around, you know, and just, and just trying to really promote it and just get people to come listen. Um, you know, because you never know whose life you're going to change or who you may come across or who they might take it and share it with, you know, and it just keeps going from there. So I'd just like to encourage you guys with that. And Amber, would you mind praying us out of here? Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for the gifts that you have given us in the spirit, Lord. We thank you for the fruit of the spirit, Lord. We thank you that every day we can have the opportunity to walk in it, Lord. We ask that you would just bless us and keep us and that you would protect us and just continue to walk with us through every area of our life. And we just praise you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Well, we are looking forward and we ran a bit long, but we're looking forward to coming up, catching up to you guys next week. Stay here.